Whether you drive a car, need a car, or just occasionally bum a ride with friends, you've come to the right place. Join the editors of Consumer Guide Automotive as they break down everything that's going on in the auto world. New car reviews, shopping tips, driving green, electric cars, classic cars, and plenty of great guests. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Tom Appel. All right, I am Tom Appel, and this is episode 104 of the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, when you have a moment, please check us out at consumerguide.com. While you're there, check out our Best Buy picks. This list is an excellent starting place if you were looking for a new car or truck. You will also want to check out our blog for complete reviews of all the vehicles we're driving here at Consumer Guide and all sorts of other fun stuff. And, and this is important, you can catch up on back episodes of the podcast right there on our homepage. All right, let's see who's online with us today. She is the managing editor of Pickup Truck Plus SUV Talk, and her freelance work is all over the Internet, all over it. Hey, Jill. Hey, Jill Simonello. Hey, Tom Appel. How are you? I, I'm doing well. I have to say I'm feeling accomplished today. Accomplished? Accomplished. I need the little Facebook emoji for accomplished. Is there one? There is one. When you, you like, how are you feeling today? Um, yeah, I, so um, because I know you're so into fitness, this is going to be completely <laughs> enthralling to you. But this, it's not running, it's not running. It's Orange Theory Fitness. So uh, they have a, what they call Hell Week, the last week of October. And I interest. completed five classes today and I got a t-shirt. So that is why I'm feeling accomplished. I thought maybe you finished a good book or something. No, no. It's all about fitness. So I have a story for you about the automotive circle of life, Jill. Okay. The the circle of life. This sounds very Lion King to me. Go See, ahead. The, it's more important than the Lion King. Got Things it. They come full circle. Okay. I think you may have seen, there's a press release, there's an all-new Range Rover coming for 2023 or 2022. Yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, 2023, I think, maybe. I don't know. But yes, there's I did some, see there's that. There's some weirdness there. But, but here's, here's the important part about this. It no longer uses a Range Rover or Jaguar V8. Do you know who's making the V8 for the new Range Rover? I have a guess. Yes, guess. Um, BMW? You're right. <laughs> and this comes for a period of time when Jaguar and, and Range Rover couldn't afford to develop their own V8, so they bought one from BMW way back in 2001, around the time that Ford took the companies over. Mm-hmm. And now they're returning to those weird routes. They, well, I mean, so Land Rover has announced an electrification plan, as has Jaguar. So, frankly, that doesn't surprise me because I do not believe that the V8s or even the gasoline engine is long for the JLR world. Nope. So. If, you can't, if you can't sell stuff, you might as well go EV sooner. <laughs> well, there, there is that. Yes. <laughs> All right. He's the managing editor here at Consumer Guide, and he just applied for a Halloween store franchise. Welcome, Damon Bell. <laughs> Is that a franchise? Is, I don't know. Does, does that work for just two months a year? It seems well, like those Halloween stores are, are very much dependent on empty storefronts that they can move into for three months. But now they're opening stores already for next year. They now... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, and Christmas stuff will be, for 2023, will be on uh, sale soon, too, right? <laughs> so why Halloween? Why is Halloween the high-demand, special-needs pop-up store 
uh, uh, subject. Why, why not yeah. Christmas stores or James Garner's birthday stores? It seems weird to me that Halloween. <laughs> James Garner a- birthday stores. What would what would be the merchandise in there? Lots of posters of gold firebirds. I would be in there. I would be in there all season. <laughs> you would well, be that, that's why there would. That's why there's no pop-up store because oh. you you would be there all year long. This this is just special. Must be Halloween. Uh, I actually I must admit I've never set foot in one of those pop-up Halloween stores. But all I'm right. imagining I'm imagining that Halloween costumes are probably a pretty high markup item. Yes. And and you need a lot of them. So if there were Christmas costumes, that might be something that would make a pop-up Christmas stores hey, more of a thing. But you could be Elf. Uh, elf? Yeah. Elf. Or you could be Elf for Halloween. So, yeah. Uh, hmm. You raise Never a good really... point. You could be the heat miser for two consecutive holidays. Ooh. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know this. Do they sell candy at Halloween stores? They must. They they must endeavor to be like a kind of one-stop Halloween shop. I now, just, now, I'm, now I might actually have to go into one to just see what it's like. Even when I had a kid of trick-or-treating age, I never really thought of Halloween as this, I have to get to the store kind of holiday. Yeah. One other, have you guys noticed in my neck of the woods, I don't recall this ever being a thing beyond like, your standard jack-o'-lanterns but now like people are decorating very elaborately decorating their houses for halloween some of them are really like gross like like grotesque too like you know jason chainsaw you know (laughs) figures in their front yard it's i don't i don't want to look at that like orange lights like there's particular neighborhoods where it's very clear that the uh the block club or homeowners association really gets into it yeah, you're kind of an inflatable Frankenstein guy, right? Mm, hadn't really thought about that. I might lean toward a happy ghost, Casper. Happy ghost? Happy ghost, yeah. Something a little less uh, grisly. Yeah. All right. Now that we're thoroughly off topic, not that we had yet established the topic. Uh, Damon, I was being served a subpoena during practice today. What's coming up on the show? Uh, we've got return guest uh, Patrick Olson from Carfax. He's going to be on in the next segment to talk about uh, how to avoid or the telltale signs to avoid or telltale signs to look for so you can avoid buying a flood damaged car. So there'll be some good information and tips uh, in the next segment. But first, a uh, couple things I'd like to talk about in the first segment. Uh, we have the new for 2022 Subaru Forester out uh, I'm sorry Wilderness Outback we had an Outback Wilderness now we have a Forester Wilderness so that we can talk mo- <laughs> we can talk more about kayaks uh, there but then did you guys see the <laughs> or pop-up big, tents or pop-up tents uh, both of those things but did you guys see the big Chevy Corvette reveal this week yeah uh, the new the 2023 Corvette Z06 model has just been unveiled and after lots of kind of spy photos and rumors we now know the specs and it is astonishing have you guys seen it yes yeah the the big news there to me and this is because i'm a geek and maybe to other people who are kind of into this sort of technical stuff but this is the second ever 
Corvette with an overhead cam engine. Mm-hmm. First being the 1990 ZR1, right? With the Lotus right, engine? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the first time they ever tried that multi-valve thing. The yeah, the, the, thing. <laughs> the the specs the specs of the Z O the 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 key feature of the Z O six not surprisingly is the engine and it is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's called the the L T six. It's a little bit smaller displacement wise than I might have expected. Five point five liters, naturally aspirated, which means no turbochargers, no superchargers, no forced air induction systems of any kind. Which is surprising. Yeah, uh, 670 horsepower, which is an insane number for a naturally aspirated engine. Yeah. Yeah, the flat plane crank thing is interesting because there's a lot of weird mystery and and mythicism about what that really is. But essentially the crankshaft, which usually has uh, places to pick up a power pulse at four points, just has them at two points. It's 180 degrees, of course, across. So the thing is much lighter. Mm-hmm. which allows the engine to spin more freely. And because of there's 180 degrees before powering or uh, firing pulses, you get better exhaust gas evacuation, which, which makes for a smoother or a smoother firing. Uh, the engine is not smooth, actually. Yeah, it's actually, actually <laughs> vibration challenges with vibration control. But yeah, that, most of your high-end racing V8s are flat-plane crank cars, so, but it's relatively rare for a, a street production vehicle. Well, and in fact, this is um, based on the the C8R endurance yes, racer. Yes, So um, it's based on the race car. And um, did you guys see the um, the zero to sixty mile per hour time? I, I, I don't know that they've officially released it, but a, a Chevy spokesman said two point six yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, amazing. We're, we're Which means it's probably uh, faster than that. Yeah, we're we're kind of at the apex of what we're going to get from gasoline engines. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Acceleration. Wow. Now that we're under three seconds, stuff stops mattering. True, true. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just so fast. And then you have electric cars. You know, the uh, a Tesla Model S uh, Plaid, whatever. That, that we're under the right conditions, those. they can do sixty in two seconds. But right. at some point, it just doesn't matter. There's no need for that <laughs> speed. There's no place you're going to have a really useful meaningful drag race where that <laughs> well, well so yeah. i will i will say some of my my uh followers on social media would be saying but what if there was a serial killer that was following you and you needed to get away really fast <laughs> i get that comment at least once a week on something the serial um, so, killer comment yeah yeah seriously once a week so that would be when um you would need the 2.6 seconds that's that's all i'm going to say to that what is the serial hmm. killer driving I, I have no idea. Not not a Corvette Z06. It's probably like a, a, a Toyota Corolla Cross or something. I don't know. Because hmm. I think most serial killers drive Pontiac Grand Ams. Oh, oh, <laughs> Is okay. That, has yeah. there been research done on that? A lot of research, yeah. Okay. Some shockingly huge number of serial killers drive. And those only, I don't know what the best of those did, 60 and 8 seconds. So you're in good shape. <laughs> okay, yeah. totally fine. What, you're in good shape th- in a Toyota Sienna. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, getting back to the Halloween theme yeah. is where I was going with that. A couple of things I want to mention about the Z06, if I could wrench this back uh, on the straight and <laughs> before, before we move on to the wilderness, okay. Right, right. Um, flat plane crank, short stroke, uh, lightweight uh, internals means <laughs> very high 
uh, red line. Yeah, 8,600 8, RPM red line on this Z06 engine, which you're used to that in zingy little four cylinders like in a Honda S2000 or something, but for a big V8 engine that is stratospherically high and I don't know if you guys have watched any of the videos with the exhaust note of this thing, yeah. but it yeah. is make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. I can't wait to experience this car in person and just the, the you know, the banshee shriek of the engine <laughs> is just going to be something to uh, experience. And ah, I did. Can we, we, we have to start thinking in terms of, is this going to be the peak of the internal combustion engine? Because I think it's pretty clear we're near the end of, yeah. you know, internal combustion engines as a whole. And there's a, there's a possibility here that this is as insane as it gets. I don't, I don't well, know. Well, there should be a ZL1 version of this vehicle. ZR1? Yeah. ZR1, thank you. ZL1 yeah. is a Camaro thing, isn't it? Right. Yeah, ZR1. <laughs> And, and there's a good chance that what seems like a relatively small displacement for a Corvette, 5.5 liters, can be taken up a notch. So there might be, there might be sort of a, a Z06 plus on the way. A last hurrah hurrah? The other question I have for you guys, because Chevrolet hasn't uh, announced this yet, not surprisingly since they've just unveiled it, do we want to wager as to what the uh, retail price of this Z06 will be? Ninety-one one nine nine five. You're thinking that cheap? Hmm. Yeah, because they have I to would... have space for the ZR1. I suppose. I th this feels the the this engine feels so exotic that I think the starting price is going to be. I I will just throw out like 110, 115, which I think would still make it a bargain compared to the Ferraris and such that it will be competing against, like so performance-wise. And oh, I, think, I, I think in typical GM fashion, they'll probably do something like this, 99,999. Mm. <laughs> so mm. it's just under $100,000, and that'll be with destination. You might oh, be right. I think right. they're going to want to keep it under 100 grand with the Z07 performance package, which we haven't talked about. Even with the Z07, you think it's going to be yeah, under 100 Yeah, I think grand? it comes to exactly six digits with that package. Because I think they still want space there for a ZR1 that comes in around 120. We'll see. Maybe 130. Yeah. Closest to that going over. We'll see who wins. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough Corvette chat. What's this Subaru noise? Uh, Forrester Wilderness. Uh, if yeah. you recall, on previous show, we talked about the Outback Wilderness. That's Subaru's midsize uh, wagon, SUV-flavored station wagon. Their, the Subaru Forester is their true compact SUV, and that gets a wilderness trim level for 2022 that's essentially the exact same concept as the Outback Wilderness, even has some of the same badges uh, mm -hmm. on the exterior, too. So, Jill, you were on that event, right? I was, um, and I was on the same wave as um, your your faithful traveler, Don, and um, I, I, I took a picture of him standing in front of the car to prove he was actually working. I'll have to send it to you guys. Yeah, because um, we don't pay him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got the I've got the photo photographic proof. Uh, but but this is a this is an interesting 
vehicle, I think, because I, I've always liked the Forester. Um, I've made no secret about the fact that I think the Forester would be a great car for my mom because visibility is good. The safety technology oh, yeah. is really good. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I just, I think it's a, it's a egress, ingress, really good. I, you know, great for small people, great for tall people. I think I, I love everything about the Forester. Well, almost everything, but the wilderness, probably not for my mom, um, is kind of ratchets, ratchets it up a little bit, increases um, the ground clearance by about a half of an inch. So I, I think it goes up from like 8.7 to, to 9.5. And, um, but adds a lot of cladding, adds some different fog lights, um, adds a lot of washable surfaces inside the vehicle. <laughs> um, so the, the back of the, um, the, the third row or second row seats, no third row. So back of the second row, seats is um, a washable material. The headliner is black so that if you put a bike in there, you're not going to show any scuff marks. Um, Full-size spare tire uh, cool. that is uh, like has the rims and tire pressure sensor and everything. So all you, if you get a flat, all you have to do is replace it and you have the exact same thing. So, That's I mean, nice. lots of really cool stuff on this vehicle. Um, but the one thing that it doesn't have that the Outback has is the turbocharged engine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Foresters have never been particularly peppy, and yeah, that does not change with the Wilderness model. The one other thing we should mention, I think we're, we should probably wrap it up here in a minute. Uh, just like the Outback Wilderness, all the off-road focus gear of the Forester Wilderness does take quite a hit in uh, EPA fuel economy numbers. I think the mm. highway number drops by five miles per gallon. I think it's Whoa. down to like, yeah, the, the regular Forester is 33 highway and the out the Forester Wilderness is something like 20, 27, 26, 27, something like that. That's a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Outback Wilderness that comes available when for, for, Forester Wilderness. I've been doing that all week, much much to David's frustration. <laughs> and he Every caught the bug because he's now saying Outback Wilderness. <laughs> Not that anything happens on a normal schedule anymore, but when does this thing go on sale? Ah, uh, you know, I I I probably by the end of the year. I it, it's going to be soon. I, they said exactly, and I um, didn't write it down. I don't have it in my head right now. All right, we're going to say end of the year, and if we have to correct, we'll correct. We're going to take a break, yes. and when we come <laughs> back, we talk to Patrick Olson of Carfax. Stick around. Hey, it's Tom. Did you know that with Electrify America's vast electric vehicle charging network, you can now drive your EV from coast to coast? And with their ultra-fast charging stations, you'll get back on the road even faster. With more than 650 convenient locations nationwide, just pick your destination and hit the road. Visit electrifyamerica.com and see how Electrify America is bringing freedom to EV drivers. That's electrifyamerica.com. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive, and I'm darn glad you decided to stick around with us today. Hey, this is the part of the show when I strongly recommend you follow me on Twitter. I am Car Guy Tom. That is Car underscore Guy underscore Tom on Twitter. I promise to entertain. 
All right, our guest today is the award-winning journalist and executive editor of Carfax, the Vehicle History Report people. Welcome back to the Car Stuff Podcast, Patrick Olson. Thank you, Tom, so much for having me. Great to be with you guys. Good to talk to you again. Patrick, what is new at Carfax these days? Well, you know, in the wake of Hurricane Ida, which was such a strong storm both in Louisiana but also on the East Coast, we've really been putting a lot of attention to flooded cars and what happens uh-huh. to them uh, down the road. Um, and there's a lot of them. The, the, the flood car thing is a thing that I think that if we don't live near the Mississippi or we live up north, we don't think that much about. But they, there seems to be a cycle. And every few years, there's just a flood, if you'll forgive the horrible pun, of, of, <laughs> of flood-damaged vehicles that make their way, that sneak their way into the markets in which we live. Uh, is, there, yep. is there a reason why some states are easier to... Uh, it's easier in some states to have a flood damaged car sneak into the hands of an unsuspecting customer. Absolutely. So in some states, um, particularly where flooding is common, a lot of times the title that the state issues will have a field for uh, either total by flooding or flood damage or some flag like that. But there are a lot of states out there, um, Missouri comes to mind, that don't have a field for that information. And so unscrupulous sellers will buy a car at auction in a state where it is noted retitle it in a state where it's not noted and then sell it off somewhere else to someone who may not be aware of what's going on there. So, I mean, these cars are showing up in places like, you know, Kentucky and Illinois and uh, Michigan, right? That places you don't really think of as being, you know, the victims of hurricanes. Um, But we, you know, our estimate is like 378,000 cars before Hurricane Ed. So just as the year started, 378,000 cars around the country had been flagged for some sort of flood damage. So it's not a small number. And it's, you know, now we estimate 212,000 cars were damaged by Ida, but all of those won't join the 378 because most of those will be declared total by insurance companies. Um, And so a lot of them will just get junked and destroyed. But some of those will come back sort of as zombie cars. um, And people should be on the lookout for those all over the country. When we say flood damage, what are we talking about? Right. So when when water gets into your car and reaches, you know, above the basically the floorboard level, there's all sorts of bad things that can happen. It can basically it'll start rotting from the inside out. So it'll go after your electrical system. If it gets into your engine and it gets into the oil system, man, it can trash your engine, particularly if you don't notice it right away. Um, but it, it can just leave the car just it can make it smell right it can have mildew it can have mold growing in there um and so there are all sorts of things people should look for but it is literally becomes a, a car that is rotting from the inside out yeah and it's so much it's so much trickier to tell because an unscrupulous seller can at least temporarily hide some of those telltale signs it's not like a vehicle you know has obvious body damage or flat spotted tires or anything like that so yeah you do have to be a bit more vigilant uh in detecting that stuff and it's the it's the kind of things that an average consumer may not be trained enough to to detect and we were talking a little bit before we we started recording 
being vigilant is especially important now just with the chip yep. shortage making the available pool of no pun intended pool of cars to choose <laughs> from less than it has been in the past and cars both used and new are in so much more demand now that on all ends of this supply chain there's probably going to be more impetus for an unscrupulous seller to hustle one of these flood damaged vehicles onto the market just because demand is so high Right, and that higher demand means higher prices. And the last thing you want to do is pay extra for a car that is a ticking time bomb, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you want to make sure that you are, are doing your due diligence in advance. And th- there are signs to look for, right? You can look at, is there a mismatched upholstery inside the car? Does uh, Do the carpet and the floor mats not match each other? Are there, you know, can you smell mildew when you look uh, inside? When you look under the hood and you look in the in the crevices, is there dried mud, right? I mean, there are guys who are great at doing a fast oil wash of the car, but if you look in you know, hard-to-reach places, and we all, always say, get a mechanic to take a look. They can see things you can't see, you know? Um, but, yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, warning signs to be on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and so what I find really interesting, looking at your, your story, Flooded Cars on the Road, and, uh, you know, since both uh, Tom and uh, Damon have, have inserted puns, I just want to start with I am not very punny. <laughs> Um, and, and then go into the fact that, (laughs) go into the fact that Chicago is on the top 10 list of cities with flooded cars. And to me, that's kind of surprising because, you know, unless people are like parking in Lake Michigan, like how does Chicago, you know, get, get on the list? Cause we don't have hurricanes here and, uh, you know, we get flash floods occasionally, but it's, it's not like. There's a lot, like, to be on that top 10 list, like, what's going on there? Right. Well, I think that's exactly right. And I think that is, those are the markets that unscrupulous sellers are targeting. So just above Chicago on that list is Dallas, also very, very landlocked, you know, very far from the right. ocean. But that is where, that's where consumers aren't thinking hurricanes. They're not thinking floods, right? Uh, someone made the point about near the Mississippi. Sure, Absolutely. But, you know, when you get to these interior states and cities, Salt Lake City is, is in the top 15 on this list. It doesn't get much more dry than Salt Lake City. Um, so I think the sellers are going to markets where there are willing consumers who are somewhat oblivious to to the flood of the river of, you know, the tsunami of flood cars that are wow. Oh, wow. A pun trifecta there. Nicely done. <laughs> Thank you. So, so, Patrick, how is Carfax on top of this, and what can consumers do with Carfax to just to stay on top of the situation? Sure. So we have 130,000 sources, and that includes police agencies, states, insurance companies, um, all of whom are uh, repair places, right? If you take it in and you get work done at a body shop, um, we very often have a relationship with that body shop to get that information. And so that allows us to track this sort of damage and repair process in your vehicle history report. So we've got a... We have a vehicle history report for every car with a VIN after, I think, 1983. And, you know, not everything is reported. If, if you do your own oil change, that's not. But by and large, you know, 90-some-odd-plus percent of the of the consumers are getting that work done for them. And so we're able to track that information. And so when a state flags a car as flood damage, when an insurance company flags a car that way, that's information that we have that even if it gets retitled, we still note, hey, on this date, in this place, this was tagged this way. And so that's some of the red flags that we can show to consumers. And, you know, you can either, A, if you're looking 
um, well, if you're looking for a used to buy a used car, if you look at the classified on Carfax.com, you get a free Carfax report for the car you're looking at. Um, but if you want to, you know, if, if you're yeah, if you're looking at it from a private party and it's not on our site, then you can buy one and get that information as well. And you're also making available some free flood information at what is it? It's Carfax.com yeah. backslash flood. What do we learn there? So if you have, if there's a car you're considering, a car you own, go to Carfax.com slash flood and put in the VIN, and we will say, hey, there are no red flags or there's a bunch of red flags. And, and well, that information is totally free. Consumers don't have to pay anything to get that. Well, that's cool. So what I'm hearing you say, though, is that um, the people who are trying to be unscrupulous, you know, beware, because uh, there are ways that yeah. you can... Um, you know, lurk and 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 find out what what is going on. I, I I had no idea that you guys had that many like reporting contacts that were um, helping collect this data. Yeah. So not only do we have the 130,000 sources, we have 27 billion records uh, in our files that we use to track cars. So we are uh, awash in data, if you will. Oh, yes. <laughs> I need to be keeping a tally here. This is fantastic. <laughs> you're, in, you're in fine form today, Patrick. Oh, I'm I, drowning I just, in bad puns. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're coming in waves. What can I say? Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is what unscrupulous sellers, though, are banking on, is that you will look at the title in their hand, you will look at the car in front of you, and that will be the extent of your research, right? You might take it even for a short drive. They are hoping that, you know, buying car, car buying is an emotional process, and they're trying to weigh on your emotions, you mm -hmm. know, to see if they can't get you to just snap at the deal. I mean, here's a used, you know, Ford Escape, and it's got, you know, low miles and not that old, and wouldn't that be great? And everyone else wants twenty grand for this car, but I've got it for fourteen. so, you know. It's a steal, but it's it's not. It's a zombie car. Yeah. And the, you had touched on these before. Uh, I'm looking at uh, your press release on this. I'm just going to run down. Uh, you have the seven telltale signs of a flooded car. So I'll just run these down. Uh, sure. Fog or moisture beads in the interior lights, exterior lights, or instrument panel. That's that kind of little tiny droplets of water or condensation yep. on the inside of those lights. This is one that I wouldn't have thought of right away. Brittle wires under the dashboard. Yeah, when some of that wiring gets wet, it can get a little uh, stiff. And then, of course, yep. like you mentioned, dried mud or silt in the glove compartment or under the seats. Rust around the doors, under the dashboard, on the pedals, or inside the hood and trunk latches, uh, damp carpets, that seems like kind of an obvious one, <laughs> relatively, okay. loose loose stained yeah. or mismatch upholstery and carpeting, and then uh, a musty odor in the interior, which sellers sometimes try to cover with a strong air freshener. I'm just going to take a little aside here and say, if I would be looking at a car and there's a strong air freshener scent inside, Regardless if it's covering up a musty smell, that's an automatic deal breaker for me. Not a fan of the pine tree <laughs> things. Too too intense. Ooh. Yes. Well, yeah. and if it's not covering up uh, water damage, it could be covering up smoke. It could be covering yes, up yes, that's you know, any any number of of awful things that you know, once that air freshener is gone, like you're going to smell it. Yes. Yeah. Another absolutely. another yeah. sign is is a manatee in the trunk. You don't want to buy that car. <laughs> oh. Has that been? Has, has a manatee been, in the trunk. 
Usually the, the seller, usually the seller will remove. I got to add that to the article when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> it's now we've now got eight points. Yes, eight points <laughs> on So, Patrick, regarding the vehicles that are listed for sale on Carfax, um, are those vehicles yes. all Carfax approved, or do you just just provide the Carfax report with the vehicle? No, yeah. So our dealerships uh, subscribe with us to to post their cars. Um, we will tell you which cars are great deals, meaning that they are selling for less than we uh, estimate them to be. Um, I've seen that. That's a cool feature. Yeah, um, but you know we have the report there, and and we were, we vouch for the report. We don't vouch for the car, so people still need to make their own decisions, their own choices. I, I, that's a great point. You vouch for the uh, for the report, not for the car. And one of the things that we talked about the last time you visited regarding Carfax reports too is not all damage is necessarily a deal breaker. I think you had mentioned that you now will will rank and and quantify the extent of the damage in an accident. So an accident doesn't necessarily mean that your car is not worth two grand less. The the extent of the damage is is now ranked as it were. Well, and sometimes that, you can get a deal that way because a lot of shoppers will just shy away from any damage. Right. And, you know, um, I know it, it, when I worked at FurCars.com, we had a Honda Civic that was damaged when we owned it. And it went up for sale. We sold it for like eleven grand with one year and like 10,000 miles on it. That was a hell of a deal, hmm. you know. And sometimes, and it wasn't, it wasn't anything that damaged the frame. It didn't affect the way the car drove. Um, and everyone, you know, all the all the repair places signed off on it. So you can you can find a deal. Make sure you understand the level of damage and make sure that you know there's some level of warranty. But yeah, I mean, and certainly it is a great negotiating tool for a consumer to a seller saying, well, you know, it's been damaged, but you know, how about if we take five hundred bucks off the off the cost here? Well, this is a great relief to me. My wife drives a Subaru Crosstrek, and very early in our owning the car, which we purchased new, we had a very minor accident that cracked the, the grill. That was it. So that was replaced. The car has been fine ever since. And it would really pain me to take a $2,000 ding later <laughs> because of a cracked grill. No, and I think and I think we found in, our, in the data that we have that minor cosmetic damage might cost you 500 bucks in value down the road but you've got to have severe damage before you're talking about thousands of dollars off the off the value so and very often we get the report from the police department that will detail the level of damage the severity of the damage so uh, and they'll say things like crack grill or minor cosmetic damage things like that so what else can people learn from a carfax report well, you can learn how many owners it's had. You can you can track whether the owners have kept up the maintenance. Um, one thing I do is I either go to a shop that works with Carfax, or if I go to a, like a Jiffy Loop that doesn't, I put in the information myself with the date, and I can upload a receipt, and I have all that information when I'm ready to sell the car. Um, you can check and see. I'm trying to think of the other things that are sort of the oh, and actually, right, just we just recently have launched reliability predictions based on all of our data as well. And so we'll give you an estimate of um, what areas are likely to need repairs in the next 12 months and what the average cost of those will be as well. And you can find those on our Carfax.com research pages. And again, that's free information. That's cool. I want to go back to something real quick. I know Jill's got a question for you. Sure. Um, you can, if you're dealing with a business or, or a maintenance provider that does not work with Carfax, you can enter the stuff yourself? Yeah, you just go and you say, "Hey, I need to add." Or, so you put your, you take your create a Carfax account. It's totally free. 
put your cars then in there and then start tracking. First of all, it'll start showing you, you know, the stuff you've already had before, um, and then you can add in whatever you need to add um, on your own. Like if you change your own oils, if you rotate your own tires, more power to you. But you yeah. can put that information in. Now there are, of course, unscrupulous people who might <laughs> who might do that and say they did it and didn't. But you know, for the most part, most consumers are on the up and up. But having that track of history is worth about two grand to you when you go to sell the car. That's pretty yeah. cool. Well, and I, I was just going to say, Tom stole my question, uh, but but I, I will <laughs> I say that, that uh, when my husband and I were, were looking for a car um, a few years ago, uh, we, we bought a Volkswagen GTI used, and the Carfax yep. was the decision maker in which car we went with, because there was one where it, had, it was only three years old, but it didn't have any maintenance recorded. No maintenance, like oh, no wow. oil changes, no wow. nothing. Yeah. And then, you know, then there was another one and it had like pretty much exactly the same miles on it, but it had every single maintenance check up to, up to you know, every three months or whatever. Um, I, I forget yeah. what the, yeah, the yeah. But, but I was just like, that, that was our deciding factor. So um, yeah. very important to make sure that stuff is logged. Yeah, and I, unfortunately, I think there's a fair number of consumers out there. I have no idea what the percentage is, but some people just don't get that it's not a, a, a set it and forget it thing with your car, right? I mean, yeah. you, you got to keep track of it and you got to maintain it um, just to get the car running well, not 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 even worrying about resale value down the road, just to make sure you're getting the most out of your car today. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of people didn't know that you could create a Carfax account and log that stuff yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, I've got all three of my kids' cars and my wife's car in there, and I am constantly either updating it or texting them to go get their oil changed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Patrick, we're flat out of time, but uh, per you, we should check out Carfax at carfax.com backslash flood if we have any questions about a vehicle we're looking at. Is that correct? That is correct, Tom. And you're a bunch of fun to follow on Twitter. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, I try to keep up. Uh, I, I try to, to weigh in every so often, particularly with uh, when people are car spotting. I, I usually like to get into to that. Uh, we did have a thing the last week. Someone said, you know, I drive new cars all the time, as you guys often do. And someone said, oh, do people think you're a, a drug dealer or a gun runner? <laughs> well, I'm not a drug dealer. Definitely not a drug dealer, but I've been known to be a pun runner. So, oh, one more. I was... Well, uh, well, Patrick, my favorite thing that you do on Twitter is to correct people when they use fewer or less incorrectly. Yes, that is that is my my ultimate grammar pet peeve. After thirty some odd years of editing, I I cannot let that fly anymore. So I'm <laughs> waging a one man battle against the improper use of fewer and less. Well, next time you're on, we'll try to crack less puns. Oh, <laughs> that seems like a tall order, Tom. <laughs> or fewer puns, whichever you like best. All right. He's Patrick Olson. He is with Carfax, and we're always glad to have him on the show. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, it's quiz time. Stick around. Welcome back to the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast. All right, we're back. This is the Consumer Guide Car Stuff Podcast, and I am Tom Appel, publisher of Consumer Guide Automotive. Thanks for sticking around. Hey, Jill. Hey, yeah. 
Hey, Jill, how can people best keep track of your social media activity? Uh, well, you can find me on uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, uh, where I am not punny, um, at Jill Simonello. And uh, Car Du Jour is the hashtag that I use. There you go. Hey, Damon, your tweets are known for their brooding, truthful, and introspective nature. Tell us about it. <laughs> Wait, that's not you, that's Anya. But tell us about your tweets anyway. Oh, I would sail away if I Oh, uh, See, oh. you are punny. I am not punny. Oh. Does that qualify oh. as a pun, or is that just a terrible joke? I could be both, actually. It's a terrible pun, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think I, I, don't think I navel-gaze too much on Twitter, but you can find me there at uh, Damon Bell Likes Cars and Judge for Yourself. By the way, Enya does indeed have an official uh, Twitter account. Hmm. It's called I, Official Enya. Oh, okay, because there, there could be lots of imposters out there. I don't, does she? I, I only know that one song. She must have other. I, I actually have all of her albums. Oh, oh okay. my God, Jill! This is why we never talk about music. <laughs> it's very relaxing. No, I can see not. that. Yoga. Uh, what's a, is there a song that I might know other than Sail Away? No. Probably not. Okay. <laughs> but the damage has been done. That is, oh my gosh. The only thing more pretentious than that song is the video. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's frankly horrifying. <laughs> I, so you've seen the video? Yes. I, how, how did I you have see not the video? seen that video. I don't know. It's like watching the first Dune movie. You watch it again just to oh, remind oh. yourself how bad it is. <laughs> this sounds like you're into uh, punishing yourself. A little bit. I, I think bit. it sounds like he's into Enya and just doesn't want to admit yeah, it. Yeah, he, do, he doth protest too much. Yes, me thinks. Oh, you're, you're <laughs> on to me, man. I've got, I celebrate the woman's entire catalog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, it's quiz time, boys and girls. Uh, this week's Car Stuff Power Quiz is 18 wheelers. I oh. hope you guys are ready. Jill, you have 12. Damon has 21. Last week, Jill, you <laughs> broke Damon's winning streak and yes. shut him down. Yeah. You shut him down. He had a Goose shut egg. Goose egg for me last week. All right. We're talking big rigs this week. Damon, you go first. Damon, what was the best-selling Class 8 truck brand in 2020? Class 8, of course, being the big rigs, the 18-wheeler uh, tractors. Was it Freightliner, Kenworth, Peterbilt, or International slash Navistar? Oh, uh, you are you are far far outside my comfort zone here. And Jill knows uh, all about this stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Jill does not. Big trucks and Enya, that's her thing. Wow, well, uh, you know. Can, that could be a website. Can you run down the list again? I can. Freightliner, Kenworth, Peterbilt, International. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna just take a wild guess and say. Um, International Navistar. All right, Jill. This question goes to you, Freightliner, Kenworth, Peterbilt, International. Okay, so what was the actual question again? <laughs> Which is the best-selling? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say International as well, actually. All right, you are both wrong. Those were actually in Ooh. order. Freightliner, by far and away the best-selling, seventy-two thousand units in twenty twenty. Mm. Kenworth thirty, Peterbilt twenty-eight, and International slash Navistar twenty-three thousand. Mm. Wow. So Interesting. No one scores just yet. You guys know who? Uh, actually, this might be a question later. Never mind. Jill, <laughs> what is okay. the parent company of Mack Trucks? Is it Daimler Trucks North America, 
Volvo, Stellantis, or Dongfen commercial? Oh, um, so you said Volvo, Stellantis, who are the other two? Daimler Trucks North America, DTNA, or Dongfen commercial? Uh, I have no clue. I will guess Daimler. All right. Damon, this question goes to you. Parent company of Mac, Daimler, Volvo, Stellantis, or Dongfen? Wow. I have no idea. I didn't know that Mac was acquired by anyone. I just to show that I don't that I'm not completely ignorant about Mac trucks. That's what Chris Christopherson drove in the hit movie Convoy. Oh, he you, drove a if black you need Mac. a half point later, maybe you can use. Yeah, that. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I, well, I, I don't know that that says you know anything about trucks. That says you know something about movies. Well, Let's be clear. I can, I, I can ID that that was a Mack truck. That's a very yeah. iconic Mack yeah, truck. Yeah, because it says Mack on the grill. Was, was called the <laughs> point well taken. It was called the Rudder Duck. <laughs> no uh, point for that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. I have no idea, so I will just guess Volvo. All right, Jill. What did you say? Daimler. Jill, you were wrong. Damon, you were right. It's Volvo. On the oh, well done. All right, it is one to nothing. We're going on to question three. Damon, you go first this time. Damon, what is the technical definition of a Class A truck? Does it have 18 wheels? Is it really big? Does it have a GVWR over 33,000 pounds, or does it have three axles? I will, I will guess the, the, the GVWR rating is what classifies right. it. Yeah. Jill, this question goes to you. 18 wheels, really big. GVWR over 33,000 pounds, or tractor has three axles. Oh, man. I feel like my boss has written a story about this, and I edited it, and it completely went out of my head as soon as I was done editing it. Um, because but you I, were listening to Enya at the time. <laughs> because I was actually, maybe it was Mozart then. Um, but uh, I will, I will I actually agree with Damon. Because that, that seems to ring a bell. It does, yes. Class 8 vehicles have a GVWR over 33,000 pounds. Jill is on the board. Damon has two. This is anyone's game. Jill, the question I almost blew earlier, what is the parent <laughs> company of Freightliner? Is it Daimler Trucks North America, Volvo, Stellantis, or Dongfen? Uh, well, since we know it's probably not Volvo. Probably not. <laughs> um, I'm going to stick with Daimler Trucks. I'm going there. All right. Damon, this question goes to you. Parent company of Freightliner. Is it Daimler, Volvo, Stellantis, or Dongfeng? I will agree with Jill. I don't think Stellantis got Freightliner. So, yes, I, I'm agreeing with Jill and saying Daimler. All right, you're both saying Daimler. You're both correct. It is three to two with one question left. Damon. Next Truck Online is currently listing a 2013 Mack Pinnacle regular cab tractor for sale on its website. That vehicle has 855,000 miles on the odometer and features the Max MP7 395 engine. I'm sure you're familiar with that engine. <laughs> Damon, how much is that truck listing for? Is it 13 grand, 23 grand, 33 grand, or 53 grand? Uh, I just 2013 Mack with 900,000 miles on the odometer. I have no point of reference for this. Could you rattle off those prices again? Yep, $13,000, or $53,000. I will guess $33,000. $33,000. Jill, this question goes to you. A 
very old Mack truck with 900,000 miles on the odometer. Yeah, I have absolutely no frame of reference for this either, um, but I feel like they've got to be really expensive. Uh, I w was going to guess 33, but I don't want to do that just because Damon did, so I'll say 53. Somehow, someway, Damon got four questions correct today. <laughs> wow. It was 33,000. Oh, yeah. That, 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 was, dark. that was my guess, but I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do that. But yeah. Ugh. Now well, I'm gonna I have guess, to see how expensive those trucks are. <laughs> I guess expensive. I need. I guess I need to go out and buy that and get my commercial truck driver's license and take the kids to school in that. You can write a really interesting blog post about getting your CDL. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a, you don't want your CDL, and that was actually the article that I read or that I edited from my boss uh, was about the idea of getting a CDL because if you get any infraction. Um, basically, your license gets revoked, even your regular driver's license. Oh. So it's like it, they are very. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's something along those lines. It may not be exactly that, but it's it's something along those lines. And I was like, yep, nope, I don't, I don't ever want to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, we go to the bonus question, even though we don't need to, and and. Damon's uh, hotly contested extra point uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, his half a point. Jill, back by popular demand, a Hallmark oh. question. I hope you're ready. Yay! Don't kiss a boy in a Christmas sweater. No. Jill, <laughs> finally, per Wikipedia, which of the following is not a Hallmark Channel mystery movie? <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Murder She Baked, Gourmet Detective, Dead Over Heels, or Mrs. Monk, The Terrible Tantrum? Um, okay, what's really, really sad is I have actually watched the first two. Um, <laughs> wow. Wow, listen so, to the during commercial breaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I blame it on my mom? <laughs> okay, I'm totally doing that then. Um, uh, so I, I'm going to say the Mrs. Monk one. Mrs. Monk, the terrible tantrum? Yeah. All right. Dave. Damon, this question goes to you. Which of the following is not a Hallmark Channel mystery movie? Murder, She Baked, Gourmet Detective, Dead Over Heels, or Mrs. Monk, The Terrible Tantrum? I think I got to agree with Jill. That's the only one that's not a play on words. Uh, well, that's my bad. You're both correct. Mrs. Monk, The Terrible <laughs> Tantrum. Not a Hallmark movie. You both get the bonus point. <laughs> Tom, I have a trivia question for you. Can you tell me who the the name of the recording artist that recorded the theme song to Convoy? <laughs> the Chris Christopherson movie? What are you Ooh. asking me or Jill? I'm asking, asking you. Not well, me. I, I'm pretty sure Jill doesn't know this. Yeah, no. Oh, well, heck, C.W. McCall. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Nicely done. Mercy sakes alive, nicely done, Tom. We've got ourselves a Convoy. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of convoy, you've got a truck full of news about, uh, about something. This is this is we got to keep the tally. I'm going to go back and count up how many done, uh, puns we've done this week. Well, we've got yes. three minutes. We've All right, <laughs> All right. Uh, we've got a great collection of articles on the blog this week. Uh, Tom, you did a quick news story on 
the iPhone maker Foxconn entering yeah. the EV market. Um, very kind of pie in the sky at this point, but uh, Foxconn, the uh, Taiwan-based electronics manufacturer, has announced its intentions to get into the EV market with a trio of vehicles. Uh, the Model C, the Model E, the Model T, all of which I think they need to discard for copyright infringement mm -hmm. reasons. Uh, <laughs> I think so. so, again, I think that's pretty pie in the sky at this point, but you can check out what those initial concepts look like. Though they we, have purchased a factory. They did buy the Lordstown factory, so there is some money invested. Yeah, in yeah, and nothing's, I guess, nothing's beyond the realm of possibility at this point in the EV market, that's for sure. Um, we've also got a test drive gallery of a 2021 Nissan Kicks SR. Really attractive uh, little subcompact SUV in a nice electric blue color. I love that uh, car. Yeah, of course, we've got our first spin review of the Subaru Forester Wilderness that we talked about in the first segment. Uh, we've got an ad gallery article on with vintage ads and railroads uh, and trains and such. Popular theme for uh, car advertising, uh, not surprisingly. Uh, some some really, really good original art. Yeah, fantastic. Those. Old school, especially in the 50s and 60s, uh, The I would say the pinnacle of commercial illustration was in auto automotive advertising back then. Fantastic yeah. stuff. Uh, and then finally, we have, we talked about this on last week's show, our experience at the Mama Rally at Road America. Uh, Tom, you and I did an article of uh, six vehicles that really impressed us at that event. A uh, couple of them being the Ford Maverick, the new for 22 Ford Maverick, and the Genesis GV70 compact luxury SUV. So check that stuff out. Indeed. And we will share all of that on our Facebook page. All right. Guess what we did? Oh, are we up Wait. against the are we up against the clock already? Yeah, we burned another hour. I was gonna say All we right. had pun, but you know. <laughs> oh, there it is. If, if it were not for the puns, we'd have another two minutes. But we are out of time. <laughs> Big thanks to our guest today, Patrick Olson of Carfax. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Damon. Thanks to producer Lady B and the good folks here at WCPT AMA 20. And thanks to Patty Vasquez for having me on her show again this week. And a special shout out to my friends Steve and Johnny. If you want to be added to the Car Stuff mailing list, and you absolutely do, drop us a line at carstuff at consumerguide.com. That is carstuff at consumerguide.com. All right, we're going to cleanse our palate of puns and be back next week. Thanks. <laughs>